Yo, John. Yeah, BJ. You think they're ready for this? Nope. Well, let's go then. Keep it real. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Keeping It Real. I'm your, one of your hosts, BJ Parker. I'm John Klinsman. What's up, my man? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Well, might as well dive into it. <laughs> just been right of, off the bat, let's jump in. I, well, no, let's let's pump the brakes <laughs> a little bit because we don't need to just go right to it. I, I'm good, man. I hate that we uh, uh, skipped a week of vacations and things like that. And how'd everything? How's, how's it been the last couple of weeks? Well, you know, we uh, I liked what you did. We were just talking yeah. beforehand. I liked what you did with the um, the rebranding of of one of our yeah. episodes, which we've had enough on the Making the Turn podcast yep. to to keep us going if we needed it. Um, I hated skipping as well, but you know it happens. Yeah, uh, we we had planned on the rebranding episode and then getting back at it, and then uh, Mother Nature had other plans for yeah. us. As we've said on every episode, if you don't like the Middle Tennessee weather, wait five minutes. It's going to change. You know, in the seven episodes that we're doing, we've had a snowmageddon <laughs> and a floodmageddon. <laughs> right in the middle of a pandemic. And we, right are, middle, we are kicking ass, we are, man. We are doing something wrong over here in Tennessee. I don't know what it is, man. Somebody but. said to me they wish that they knew what, the, um, what Mother Nature was trying to tell us here lately. Yeah. You know, with Because, you know, we hit... In between snow and flood, we hit 70 degrees and just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And then we had tornadoes, which didn't affect us at all. I'm not right. sure if you if you had anywhere where it affected you. No. Other than maybe some high winds, yeah, probably. Nothing, yeah, nothing So nothing crazy. on Thursday of, I guess that was last week, uh, two weeks ago when this airs, we were worried about tornadoes. You know, we're, yeah. we're lowering stuff to make our batter's eyes on baseball. We're lowering them, make sure the wind doesn't damage them. Yep. And on Saturday night, we got torrential downpours. I think it was eight and a quarter inches of rain. Yeah. And it fell quick. You know, like it rained all day, but the majority of that rain fell really freaking quick. Yeah. And uh, kind of no warning. You know, we were, we were forecasted for two inches of rain. Two inches of rain doesn't do what we saw no. here and at the course across the street that you help out with yeah. and um, other areas of Middle Tennessee. I know Franklin got hit pretty hard. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's it a rough week, man. <laughs> well, we'll get into all that. Uh, I'll tell you about my trip first off because I, I got to go uh, to the beach. That was a lot of fun with the family, Absolutely. kids. You know, I don't, you know, my kids are all old, so I don't get to spend – they don't want to spend time with their dad, much less uh, get the whole week with them. But – so it was a good time. Uh, we had a house down there, and the weather kind of stunk the last half of the week. It was they closed the beaches actually. Uh, the surf and the rip tides and everything were so bad you couldn't even get on the beach. But all in all, it was fun and uh, had a great time. And I don't care how bad the weather is when you're at the beach. Yeah, it doesn't it's really. Still amazing. I was still my favorite thing to do. And dude, I, I swear if I could manifest this into doing it every day, I got up, I had I grabbed my coffee. Nobody else was up usually because it's a house full of just people that don't get up early. Sure. And I was sitting on this back porch. I can hear the waves in the background. I got a pool underneath me. I'm sitting on a swing. I'm reading. I posted stuff about it too uh, on my social media and just, you know, thinking about things, reading all to myself. And then I, then I get done. I go walk for like an hour you know, along the a beach or not. On, I wasn't on the beach. It was like, on the uh, sidewalk, you know, 38 down there. And um, 
did that for an hour and came back, and then I was ready for the day. Mine was clear. Oh, man. Ready to go. I, I, it was one of those things that, you know, I told you probably before I went, I was like, that's the last thing I need to be really doing. Yeah. I got, I mean, I, when I don't work, typically I don't get paid. And so, but life kind of throws you these things, and in the midst of it, you think, I shouldn't do this, and then all of a sudden you're down there and you get, you, you know, you recharge. You're thankful oh, for doing yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, everything about it was like, I don't want to go home now. Or I want to figure out how to do this all my life. Absolutely. You know, so that, that was pretty cool. So, but, you know, back to reality. And um, here we are. We're dealing with uh, the remnants of, uh, you know, in 2010. So you were, you were, you were here in Mendel, Tennessee, weren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was pretty, it was, that was a, that was a bad flooding event. And it was more widespread. Yep. You know, we had a lot of flooding. It was a, it was rain that sort of over a three-day period just kind of accumulated. And this one was kind of weird because the forecast was that it was going to storm, it was going to rain, but it they just shift. It just no, it kind of caught everybody off guard. If you were in a flooded situation, now, it wasn't as widespread, but I'll tell you over at the golf course across the street here, um, there's a stoplight right there at the at the basically in the middle of the the property on the golf course on the street that goes through there. In 2010, that light the water was at the light. So it, what is that, 14, 15 feet high yep. from the road? And, and I, my brother was able to go over there because nobody, the road was obviously closed, and it was about four feet from the light, so four to five feet. So, I mean, it was darn close to being in that location as bad as 2010. We had an area, the, the way I could base it off of in measuring it is we have a tent out here that sits on our soccer field, and it was up to – where you could just see the peak of the tent right right before it started to recede. So, you know, we're probably talking nine, ten feet. Yeah. That that's a lot of water. Yeah. That's that's a lot of darn water. And and the things that washed away versus the things that didn't wash <laughs> away is so amazing yep. to me. Like you you're thinking, how did this wash away? You know, we had trailers. We we have a like a big fifth wheel trailer that we can haul a tractor on or whatever. Yeah. It washed into the creek. Um we had some sideline cover, some grow, not sideline cover, some grow blankets that I had loaned um, the soccer club. And on Friday, before all this started, they, they brought them back and stacked them up real nicely in the parking lot for me. And I told the guys, we'll get them Monday. Yeah. No big deal. They're over here in the, <laughs> in the weeds and in the, in the tall grass and the woods. And, uh, and then you have things like uh, um, we had a bucket. It, we use it for cleaning out base cleaning off bases so it's got concrete and a, and a base anchor in it yeah. and it's just sitting there and i'm like it hauls off the trailer it hauls off these these grow blankets but this bucket with just a little bit of concrete in it is still sitting here yeah. waiting on us to come back how, yep. how does this happen how, how does this work out i don't know uh water's a finicky thing man it's um i'll i'll, I'll share some of the same stories over um so the trailer that they the mobile office is basically a mobile home. It floated probably about 50 or 60 feet down and up against the tree line. Mm -hmm. It was attached to, or it wasn't attached, but it was next to a wooden deck. That wooden deck did not move a <laughs> one foot. Now it's got posts in the ground sure. that are concreted, but it, nothing was damaged on that. No, everything was still there. The flat, every green, all, what is there, 12 or 13, putting green. So there's like 12 or 13 greens out there. 
everything on that property was underwater. Every single flag was still in the hole. <laughs> Not one moved. Yeah. But um, there's, there was a fence around the maintenance facility. The equipment literally moved like all the equipment kind of moved and jumbled up together the there's not a stitch of the fencing left the lean-tos are gone um it, it it's just amazing but like i was telling you before i mean not a stitch of the golf course outside of uh, some newly sodded areas that we did back in before back in the when it was dormant it it lifted some sod up and moved it a little bit and that's it the golf course like i said if we could if we could mow it the equipment would start. We'd be out there. You, know, you could play on it. Right. It's just amazing. And but you know the they have drains that are still not draining. Um, I don't. The river's not up. I just think the drains are bad. But uh, it was it it was wild. It was a wild event, and it happened real fast, and it went back down fast. Did you see the picture I posted um, on Twitter on my social media page? All this stuff moved. Trailers, high jump pads grow blankets all this stuff moved we had fences knocked over yeah there was a um plastic foldable table with an armband that was still sitting right there where it was yeah. on friday <laughs> and it, you're you're sitting there wondering how how did this stuff not move yep but all this other stuff floated away yeah so what was your initial thought like you sent me a video and i, and I think that was probably the first time you saw everything what 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 through your mind uh, initially when you saw I think the practice field most of all your fields except for the main baseball and foot and stadium yeah. field were were underwater. So I got um, I woke up to some text Sunday morning. So Saturday night I wasn't feeling great. Went to bed. I took some Tylenol PM and just went to bed. Was that just because it was raining? No, just I, you I just wasn't feeling good. Yeah, it just drained, you know. Um, and uh, we. I woke up to about 10 texts and a couple missed calls. My first thought is, oh, shit, what's, what's going on? <laughs> so I start pulling up these pictures of um, below us here. We're, we're on the second floor of a parking garage in our shop. Uh, below us, the water was up really high, probably six, eight feet. Uh, one of my tractors was underwater under there. And Andrew, our, our facilities manager, had just sent me all these pictures, the um, – a picture of the artificial field basically floating. You could see the water was well up on the artificial field, but you could still see spots where it had it had come up. Um, so it got underneath. The, it, it got underneath, yeah. absolutely. And and there's quite a bit of damage to it. Um, Should so, I imagine is it? It's got grout. It's got base and everything underneath. Yeah, well, we've got some issues on it. Yeah. Uh, Take that joker out. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on. Record. Thank you. Um, so you know, I got I got up, got dressed. You know, no rush. I can't do anything at this point. Yeah. But I wanted to come in. You know, I needed to see what was going on. And so when I drove down here, I couldn't get to the shop because we couldn't get to the ramp to drive up here. So I just parked the car and started walking around. And uh, just a it was a gut wrenching feeling. Yeah. As you you're looking at the stadium and it's perfect. You're looking at baseball and it's perfect. It's got some water up on the like where the warning track should be if we had a warning track on it in the outfield. Um, but as you get to practice and softball, and you saw those videos, yeah, sure. and you can check those videos out on my social media page, on my, on my Twitter. Um, but it's just, a, it's just a sickening feeling. Yeah. You know, all the hard work that goes in, you know, and I know lots of people deal with this. You know, and I, I, it made me sick looking at it because I know what, what comes next. There's a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of stuff you just got to do, tedious stuff to get everything back to exactly how you want it. Right. You know, no matter the natural grass fields are fine that we can get to right now. We still have a couple that are, are wet and we just yeah. can't get on them yet. So my, my initial feeling was I wanted to vomit, you know. Right. But then you start thinking about people lose their houses in these things. You know, I'm sure some people lost their houses in this or have to replace a lot of stuff in their house, sure. repair their house. Yep. Um, I think I saw where six or eight people had died due to the flood. Yeah. You know, so you, you realize you're lucky at the end of the day. Right. Family's healthy. We're fine. This is just this is just stuff that we can repair and replace, and yeah. and it's Innsworth. We're going to be bigger and better than we ever were. It's just going to take a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. you know. So as the water receded on Monday, we still couldn't get to a hundred percent of the artificial field. It was still the track was still underwater, um, but we could start seeing things. Yeah. You know, we could start seeing what we're going to have to do. Um, Immediately call, started calling some guys with the artificial fields, um, a, a representative from Shaw, who it's their field. Um, and then uh, Theo Langford, who is with Cormac Group, I gave him a call. Just wanted them out here as soon as possible so we could start evaluating the damage to the field because they're going to see things that I'm not seeing right, right. off the bat. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just a, it's an awful feeling just knowing the hard work that goes in knowing the expectation levels, you know, yeah. they, I think there's people that expected it to be gone yeah. on Monday, you know, as it started to recede. Um, when in reality, you know, the track and artificial field, we're still scooping mud every day off of it. Right. And you want to talk about some crappy work, just <laughs> shoveling mud all day. Yeah. It's just awful. <laughs> but, you know, we, um, we made a lot of progress last week. We actually got the artificial field green again. Yeah. That was that was a positive. Did you have to bring any outside contracting labor or anything like that? They did for some pressure washing stuff. Sure. Um, just to move as quickly as possible. Yeah. As far as um, field work and grounds work goes, no, we didn't. We didn't bring anybody in. It's just uh, do what we can as we can. Yeah. You know, we, we ended up mowing practice yesterday, and I got a call from our softball coach on Wednesday he was able to have practice on the softball field on Wednesday, and he said that if if it would have needed to be a game, it could have been a full-fledged game. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that at the end of the day, when you know on Monday you were still underwater and on Wednesday we could have played a game if we needed to. Right. That's a good feeling. Right. Those are the good, those are the good things you feel coming out of something like yeah. this. It just takes a lot of time to get there to where you really feel. You know, when I look at it, I see – it's still not where I want it. Right. But when they're looking at it, they're like, this is perfect. So that, that's a good feeling. Yeah. I, I mean, look, nobody's going to, nobody's ever going to understand the full uh, depth of what you had to deal with or what you have to deal with. They, they see pictures, they see images, but unless they came out or unless you've, you've really shared those <clears throat> things, all they remember is what they had before and yep. what they get after. And so, a lot of people, it's almost a, a level of communication that you have to have, especially with people that are in the know or need to know, uh, coaches, uh, your your bosses and everything. But the the idea that you take it and look at it and say, okay, yeah, this is bad. This is things that we've got to do. But, you know, it's the old adage, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It's not, it's not part of your daily 
It's not part of your daily routine to scoop mud off a track, yeah. but it's just what has to be done. And and us as turf managers, golf course superintendents, sports turf managers, we're as adaptable as they come when it comes to doing things like that. And you just see it as another opportunity to do things and, and move on. And hopefully at some point it doesn't take you away from your normal daily routine. And, you know, it, it has and it will continue, yeah. you know, because we've got to make a lot of progress in a short period of time. But I'm so proud of the guys and their attitudes. You yeah. know, you it sucks. You know, we could walk around all day talking about how bad scooping mud sucks. Yeah. Your, your boots are caked with it. It's making it hard to walk, right? But at the end of the day, we were just proud of ourselves and the progress we were making each and every day. Right. You know, whether, like yesterday, there was no visible signs of progress, right? So yesterday we spent the day taking the drains, the drain covers off from around the track and the field and scooping those. So visually, people that pass by do not see progress, right? Mm -hmm. But when your drain is completely clogged with mud, sand, debris, you've got to do it. Right. Because the next heavy rain you get is just going to cause more flooding if the water has nowhere to go. Sure. Um, so it's a day. And, you know, we had the maintenance guys from the facilities department down here helping us do this because three guys can't do it by themselves. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get it accomplished. So we had six or eight guys at a time down here with irrigation clean-out tools because that's all you have that fits in these drains. People asking me, well, why don't we have more of these? Well, Four's always been more than enough. Right. We've never used four at one time. Right. So, you know, and then I have some that are larger, and they're like, well, why do we have these big ones? Well, these aren't drain clean-out shovels. These are irrigation clean-out shovels. Right. You know, we have what we, we need. Um, we can go buy more, yeah. but they're just going to sit here when we're done. Yeah. So, you know, and I think it probably took us um, every bit of five to six hours yesterday, you know, to get everything out of there hauled off somewhere and that's the other thing is where do you take all this crap yeah you don't want to dump it back in the woods because guess what's going to happen in maybe 10 more years another flood and we're we have all this crap back so you know it's it's coordinating you know we've sure. had so many parents and so many students reach out how can we help you you know what can we do well <clears throat> it'd be great to have a hundred people here helping clean this mess up but you've got to coordinate those right. hundred people, yeah, it's right? Not and, that easy. And it's and it's like you said, it's it's like eating an elephant. You only eat one part at a time or one bite at a time, however yeah. you want to say it. Well, if you don't get X done before Y, then you can't move to Z. Right. So it's really just there's a process taking it every day, one day at a time, one one part of your day at a time, and and cleaning up those areas and just trying to every day make something a little better until you get it to the point to where we're great again. Yeah. You know, and I know we'll get there. You know, I've got a dedicated crew. Um, one of my guys was supposed to be here today, but his dog woke up. I, sadly, they're probably going to put it down. Sure. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this yeah. and hear me say that. Yeah. But, um, you know, so he called me, you know, and he's like, I can't get there. I need to take the dog to the vet. Man, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, I'll come in and mow. He's going to come in tomorrow to try to pitch in and do a couple of things. You know, it's supposed to be our day off, Good Friday, Easter weekend, but we got stuff to do, right. you know. And I, and I think the school will tell you, majority of the school will tell you, take the weekend off, you know, recover from the week. Well, we still got mowing to do. We've still got, yes. we still got to keep our fields stuff laid out. Still. It doesn't stop, yeah. you know. So we got to keep moving and, and doing our thing and um, just 
trying to keep the positive attitudes, you know, come in with a positive attitude. By the time I leave, it's you told me before we started yeah. to kick that energy level <laughs> up a little bit, but yeah. just drained, man. Yeah. You know, it, it, this has been a challenging week. And in reality, March was a challenging month. You know, we did have the beginning of March. We had snowmageddon. Yeah. Now we're talking about flood, floodmageddon. 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 <laughs> well, I've said all along that March is notoriously our in Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, the worst month for weather. Yeah. You can have, and you said it. We've had we've gone from snow to seventy plus degrees to to rain, tornadoes. I mean. It's all over the map. It's a it's as schizophrenic a month as you can. She's bipolar. Oh, Mother bipolar. Nature's so bipolar. Yeah. And in March, it, yeah. I guess she gets off her meds or something. I don't I'm know. not sure. I don't know. But you know the thing that I'll tell you, and you probably already realize this, but for anybody that's dealing with it, is like when stuff goes bad or like this these type of events happen. If you don't think about like the opportunity to do something different or how you would do things differently, or is there a need to necessitate change like how can we prevent any of this from happening again like those are the types of things that you have to think about because if you just go back to doing the same old thing in five or six or seven or ten years or next week right you know god forbid it won't do that next yeah. week I, I would say you probably just want to i'd skip probably on just out. go home at that point <laughs> but you know it's like what do you what are you thinking about to prepare for the future. Yeah. And, and that's and what we're doing over there at the golf for center is like, okay, the maintenance facility is completely gone. Yeah. Why are, you know, what are we going to do now? Well, let's move it. Let's put it somewhere different. Let's think about, you know, all these different ideas, you know, uh, the way the water runs through that property, it came, it comes right through the parking lot. Well, you know, the majority of the major flow because it just jumps the streams and there's a, a, a huge brush in the water. Well, that's where everything's washed out. Yeah. So let's move, let's, get out of that absolutely you know? you know and we um we had a lot we and we will um we we will continue to have a lot of those discussions yep. um he uh, mistakes were made you know we uh we were waiting so we communicate with security all day long on on an event like this you know and we're checking where's the water level now how are things looking now because we had buses parked oh yeah if you made the it, news <laughs> yeah if you saw any of the the footage we had yeah. buses parked in the where the water was and you know the the easy question for people to ask is why weren't the buses moved in reality yeah they probably should have been moved yeah well, it's not always the that simple, The forecast was for two inches of rain. Two inches of rain doesn't cause this, right? Right. By the time the call was made of, hey, Move the buses. looking bad, <laughs> 30 minutes later, our facilities manager had a, a tow company here ready to move the bu all the buses at one time as quickly as possible. The water had already come up over the engine. There was no getting to them at that point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the future, I can guarantee you buses will be moved on a Friday before an inch of rain falls, more than likely. You right. know, it won't happen again, but you have to see those issues happen to know there's an issue, right? right. Like, they say an alcoholic can't fix himself until he admits there's a problem, sure. right? So he has to admit it. I can't see that, that you know, Joe over here is an alcoholic until I can't just tell him because he's not going to know. Right. But when he sees that there's a problem, 
then he can, he can fix it. Well, we saw a lot of problems with a lot of our processes. You know, nobody is to blame. You know, people were pointing fingers at each other. Nobody's yeah. truly to blame at the end of the day. Mistakes were made. We can't let them ha- ever happen again. Yeah. And I can guarantee you they won't. If this happens again, you won't see buses sitting underwater. Well, you know, it's that it you 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 call it mistakes, and I and I will agree. I think it's more of a hesitation to make a decision. Yep. Because you know that nobody left the buses there on purpose. No. Um, nobody knew what was going to happen. Same thing over here with the trailer at the golf course. I mean, they have a process that they call someone to pull it out. Well, they, the anticipation was they didn't have to do that. So at the last minute to get someone to come do it, which is a process of unhooking sewer and power sure. and all this stuff, they couldn't get someone fast enough. And so the trailer ends up being damaged. In hindsight, that trailer was getting replaced anyways. So that just sped up that process. <laughs> but they were able to come over and get a lot of the valuables out of there, computers, you know, cash, golf clubs, whatever was in there. And so they were able to salvage a lot of it, but, you know, it's, it dis, it's disrupted the business because yeah. they weren't able to move it. And, and so there's just some things like that. They're like, you, you norm, you, what, what, at what level do you have to boom, make the call? Yeah. Because some people will think, okay, you overreacted and you spent all this money and you did all this stuff and, and if nothing, nothing happens, right. you overreact. Right. But then if you if you sit on your butt and do nothing, then you underreacted. Yeah. Then, you know, the news, the weather channels out here right. wanting to talk about the buses. That sure. And that, and, that, well. and, that, and that seems to be where well, we don't know what the heck they're doing over at Innsworth. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just not the case. You know, and so then, I had I had to quit reading the Facebook comments yeah. on the news channels post because that that was the consensus. Right. And I get it. I understand. But. On Saturday morning, did anybody think that on Sunday morning we'd be underwater? No. We'd have kayakers out here kayaking our parking lots? <laughs> no, nobody thought that. Yeah. We just thought two inches of rain and then we'll be, it'll be over. Yeah. You know, and, and like you said, at, at 6 o'clock, if somebody had realized that the creek was high, you know, maybe we start reacting. Right. But, you know, in the future, we'll react before before it even becomes an issue you know it won't be talked about again right because we'll we'll make those decisions but in reality probably half our campus is in the floodplain so it's where do you move stuff you know because in reality in 2010 this entire campus was underwater at some point you know Mm -hmm. so where do you move stuff you know i guess we move it to our other campus you know but Anything can happen at any time. Yeah, you just, you just, I mean, if if you're considering moving it from one part of the campus to the other, that's yeah. not solving the problem. Right. That's just kicking the can down the road. You have to, you have to say, oh, I'm going to drive it to the mall, or I'm going right. to park it over here at the park, or you know, some place that you know is safer and not in the way, you know, not in the way. And we'll and bring them over to the golf course next that's time. That's fine. <laughs> they would have been underwater there too. But, you know, it's but just, at least we would have moved them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't move them to the wrong place. That's not solving anything either. You know, so that so what's the is obviously I, I, I get from what you're saying. The uh, artificial turf is the probably the most damage. Well, I mean, I, I would say the buses are the most damaged. Well, I mean, those could be replaced. I mean, pretty easily. There's a and lot. There's, of, I'm sure they got insurance. There's a lot of um, damage <laughs> to the. Uh, to the artificial field, for sure. Yeah. And uh, 
there's a lot of repairs that need to be made. Yeah. And it, it's going to take time. You know, when you're out there walking it and you, you feel the holes in just different spots where just stuff moved, you know, like I, it, I would anticipate it almost has to be completely redone. You know, I, my words, not yours. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> those words have been said by yeah. several people and, and I agree. I'm, I'm not in disagreement, but I'm, I'm just waiting to be told what to do at yeah. this point on that one. And, and we'll keep it there for now. Stay, stay tuned to a later episode <laughs> when we discuss the renovation of the artificial That's field. Right. But, you know, at the, at the same time, why do you put an art, artificial field in a floodplain? You know, I, I think maybe in hindsight, you know, if we're talking we all have perfect vision in hindsight, that's a field we have in another area of the campus, not in the floodplain. Yeah. Um, but those things are going to happen, you know. And so we, what we have to do at this point is assess the damage and re if we need to repair it, repair it to the very best of our ability to make right. it safe again. Um, that's going to include getting the rubber out of there because we have dirt and debris in the rubber, um, and that's going to cause issues down the road. So that's going to include getting all the rubber out of there, um, top dressing with new rubber, um, repairing all the holes, repairing the rips, um, inlays popped completely out because of how it, it came up, you know. So it, it's a lot of... It's a lot of stuff that's going to have to happen, and it's going to have to happen rather quickly once we know exactly what we're going to do. Right. You know, I told somebody yesterday, it's really going to piss me off if we decide to replace this thing after scooping all this mud off of it. <laughs> well, don't be surprised if that happens. <laughs> no, and, but, but I think that's something that has to happen. We have to get it cleaned up so others can see just how bad it is. Right. You know, if they just see mud caked on the top of it, well, it's just mud caked on the top of it. Get it off. Yeah. So we got to clean it off, you know. And when you came in the shop, I was getting another piece of equipment ready to go out there. It's a little rake that we drag across it. See if I can bust up some of the mud Yeah. to blow it off and then to groom it again. You yeah. know, the day the day it was brown <laughs> and caked in, in dirt and mud, that, that afternoon I blew it off and groomed it several times and blew it off again and... Um, I had people walking past with their shirts pulled up over their nose because I just had a dust storm going yeah. on out there. But it was it was good for people to see the progress because if you just sit on the damages and let the damages sit there, then then the attitude changes. People are are down and man, look at the devastation here. Right. Let's not look at it as devastation. Let's look at it as an opportunity to learn. And we've learned a lot this week. I can I can promise you that. Um, I think I think there's going to be a lot of process changes done, mm -hmm. but at the same time, there's nothing we could have done on the artificial field. We can't we can't cover it. It's not it's not an indoor facility, so yeah. it's just going to sit there and be what it is. And when this happens again, we'll just we we will know more of the process of how to get it cleaned right. up. Well, obviously, it's not a matter of if but when. You know the the idea that we've had two significant floods that one was this 500 year flood that happened. And then basically this one is similar, you know, at least a hundred years could be a 200 year or 300 year flood. I mean, the fact that they happened within 11 years of each other, um, it's, it, it's going to happen again. I mean, it's just a matter of, I mean, there's just too much construction. There's too many things built. There's too much runoff. Uh, these rivers, can only handle so much and we're you know we're running out of space and like you said i mean you got half your campus in a floodplain the pictures and images show that you know y'all have done the construction to the point where you you know things are elevated that where they can be elevated but hey you know i mean 
the tennis courts look fine out here. I mean, I know there's probably still some stuff to do, but they know. were caked in mud. Yeah, um, they they were bad. That the water was high there. I'm yeah. sure you saw the video. Um, posted a little TikTok video if anybody wants to check that out with Johnny Cash's three foot high and rising. <laughs> um, you know, and and we did start making some decisions in the middle of it. Um, I was telling you before we started, you and I discussed recording on Sunday. Well, when I got back to the campus, I came in, got here about eight, left about 11, and I was back here by one. Um, and at that point, they were telling us, and I, I guess when I say they, the Corps of Engineers was telling us they expected to rise seven more feet yeah. before it crest. Well, at seven more feet, we're probably covering the stadium field. We're probably covering at least half the baseball field. Um, so we started clearing stuff out of barns, you know, stuff that if it ruined, it would not be good. You know, right. high-dollar stuff, pitching machines and sod cutters and edgers and stuff like that. So, you know, we started getting all that stuff out of there. Uh, wading through chest high water on me, which I'm a short guy, so chest high, you know, isn't that big, but wading through the water, getting that stuff out of here just to um, make sure we did, we lost as little as possible at that point, right. you know, and, um, and that's another thing we're going to have to look at is if we see this coming, we don't need to be storing stuff in those barns and the batting cages and stuff, which we have some dads coming in today to clean the batting cages. Um, but we don't need to be storing stuff in there when we see the waters coming yeah. up. But we have to realize it's coming up. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said at the start of it. They forecasted for two inches and under. And at eight and a quarter inches, you know, that's a big, that's a big difference. Well, and it came down fast, too. And it did. Yeah. It did. Especially that last couple hours that it came down. Yeah. You know, and then we're downstream. So everything as it was draining was coming here, of course, before it moved on. Right. Um, and that added to a lot of it, man. It was, it was pretty widespread. I don't, you know, I, I have some buddies who golf courses are just beat up golf yeah. club of Tennessee called, you know, talk to him, Jeff out there. And, you know, I don't know the damage. I know a lot of the damage that happened in 2010, but from what I, he was telling me, it's very similar. I mean, pictures and images don't do it justice. And I, I think uh, that's what a lot of us are seeing, you know, yeah. and, I keep hearing, well, it's not the 2010 flood. I get that. But this was a pretty significant flood. Yeah, for the people that have dealt with flooding, this is a, a major issue or major this significant event comparable to 2010. But like I said, 2010 was so widespread because yeah. the amount of water just went everywhere. Yeah. This was in the riverbed areas that swelled up. Those were the only people that were affected. This didn't get downtown Nashville. I mean, I, you know. Well, they, they started talking about the Cumberland River, yeah. how much it had come up. Yeah. And I think the concern started becoming there. So as soon as that Cumberland River spills over into the city, yeah. then that's whenever people realize it's as bad as the 2010 flood. Right. And I, I feel like that was the only difference was – our I think the lakes river. were able. I think the lakes were able, able to handle to hold it. it. Yeah, and and a lot more. And there wasn't as re, uh, much of a a relief on the dams. And I don't know that. I, that's a pure speculation on yeah. my part. But I think that this was just not as much water. And the and there, but yes, I mean you're right. I mean, uh, Cumberland River could have caused a, a real big issue for a lot of people. Um, but you know, my we're major all, question was, so. Where the Harpeth feeds into, is it Old Hickory that the Harpeth feeds into, or do you know? What, lake? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. For My question was, why wasn't that dam opened a little sooner? Yeah. You know, because what, it, and I'm, 
I don't know. I, I know they have a plan. I know they have a process. Yeah. But I'm sure you saw what I saw. Sunday, we're underwater. Monday, over 75% of it's gone. Yeah. I couldn't get to the golf course. Uh, now, granted, there was still some water on the road, but there was road damage. But I couldn't – I didn't – I wasn't able to get to the course till Wednesday. Okay. They had that – they had old Harding They did closed, have that closed, closed up there, didn't they? Okay. But, I mean, it was underwater till at least sometime Tuesday. Yeah. And, you know, and I drove and – I, and I saw where – I mean, I drove by here. They had a – y'all had a camera crew – and a bunch of people out here on Weather Channel. Yeah. Shout out Weather Channel. And I went, I went down both sides of Highway 100, and on that field to the right, it looked like it was just a lake behind yeah. all those houses. That's there what all barn. this looked like was barn, a big lake. Barn was uh, down the down the way. Uh, I mean, it was just, you know, there was a house sitting. I don't know how much got into that house, but right down on the right, there was a house just sitting in water. I'm like, man. The Weather Channel called on Monday yeah. and asked if I'd want to interview. No, that doesn't feel like a winning situation right there. I'm going to avoid that one. Well, you, you just know don't me, I talk. like talking to yeah. people when it comes to situations, but this is a situation where I don't think it was a, a win. Yeah. You know, I feel like anything I could have said, I would have either had to stick to what Innsworth had said that we say to people or yeah. – just not say much at all, you right. know. And, um, and I don't know if that's a situation where you want to have a camera in your face because they're going to ask you questions that are going to be – could be emotional. They're, well, they were going to ask about the buses. I yeah. guarantee yeah. somebody was going to ask about those darn buses. That's not a question I want to answer. The buses are not my responsibility, yeah. but I feel bad for the guys who are taking the heat for the buses. And I don't blame them. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't make the decision soon enough. Mistakes right. were made. I get it. Well, I, but, I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, in 2010, um, I was not even able to get to the golf course. I was at Brentwood Country Club at the time. I had people sending me videos, people, but they had roads that were damaged, flooded still. I, where I lived over here in Bellevue couldn't not physically get to the golf course. There, there was only certain – it would it would have taken – if let's just – it would have taken me about six hours to go 30 minutes because everybody was being rerouted around all these different things. So I made the decision to just kind of say, you know what? It's going to be there. I can't do anything about it. I've got people there that are kind of trying to sort through it. My general manager called me at the time and said, hey, when you can, let's just sit down and figure it out. And so I, my first day was three days afterwards. I could get over there. And, you know, I just basically just took a bunch of pictures and tried to absorb it. I mean, we lost – we lost an entire green, you know, all these different things and, and uh, cart pass ripped up, bridges. And the the idea wasn't, oh, man, look at all this work. It's like, okay, we got to put it back together, but let's rethink about how we're going to do it. Yep. We built it's, a, a new, it's a great opportunity yeah. to improve things yep. too. Yep. Anything that you have to replace, you get to improve. Right. So it's a great opportunity to move towards the future. Yep. You know, instead of looking in the past – move towards the future, replace it, yep. but replace it correctly this time mm-hmm. so that maybe this doesn't happen again. I, I said that on my Twitter, and not, and I'll paraphrase it, but I said, you know, sometimes things have to be destroyed to for be you to rebuilt. realize yep. the, the, the true opportunities that lie ahead. Yep. And that could be – you could apply that in just about anything. But this is true. I mean, you know, especially for 
anybody that's listening to this that has a golf course that flooded or wherever, you know, and you're dealing with these kind of mother nature scenarios or, you know, whatever case could be, uh, you just have to think about it that way. You can't think about what's already happened. You cannot change it. Yep. You, you, like you said with the buses, you can't change the fact that those images are out there, that happened, and nobody knows the true story other than, hey, we just, we just kind of hesitated. We, there wasn't really any decisions that felt like there was the right one, and, and all of a sudden we're, we're, we're scrambling. And then we made the wrong one. Right. So, so I, think that, I think that's where the, the sort of the circling it around to this whole idea of what, you know, what we're, we're talking about is like just, you know, you gotta you gotta process it. You gotta understand that it's it's just sucks, and you gotta go get after it. But realize that there's some opportunity there to make change. So looking forward, yeah. What are the first steps you're gonna take as far as your your grass? What what are the steps you want to take? What kind of cultural practices are you gonna pull some soil samples? You know what are, what are you gonna do next now? Yeah. Well, I think the I think it's important to uh, realize that. You know, we don't know what's carried in all this flood water. So when it recedes, it, it obviously leaves silt, sediment, all these different things that can be harmful to your turf, especially if, you know, in my situation, every single green, all the fairways, all that. And, you know, and it's not as high intensity managed place. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to be concerned about some of the greens, some of the issues with that. And, and do we pull soil samples? Probably take a look at that. Uh, do we just go out and uh, aerify? put some sand out, you know, try to do some thing, culture, you know, some increased cultural practices, uh, increased fertility. Um, I think those are all things that are in play. And I would encourage anybody that's sitting in a situation where you've got silt and sand and, you know, all gravel, you might be scooping up gravel. And, and that's, that's really one of the biggest things is you got to assess before you put real mowers out yep. there. You, you could ruin a, You could really do some harm if you don't, I mean, there's no hurry to go mow something. Right. If you just want to go do it to go do it, that's fine. But, you know, you can raise heights and then drop them right back down. One of the things we did, um, I quad, so I went out and spray painted the fairways. And I quadrated off, uh, you know, I don't know, it was like 10 yards by 10 yards. And I gave everybody on my staff, especially the ones that were the, the worst ones, we just had five-gallon buckets and rakes. And, I, and I'd say, okay, once this is clean then we put a check mark in it there's no rocks and then we move to the next one and that's the only way you could do it it's just like hey this is sounds tedious it sounds silly but like i need to know that all this is clean before we move on because this whole thing has to be done yeah. so if you think about it as wow this is a big project then you're you're just going to talk yourself into skipping uh making mistakes but if you think about it in little sections then all of a sudden it goes back to my elephant yeah. uh, <laughs> but it it's like you know you you start you 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 start tackling these wins and you and they, they start stacking up and then all of a sudden you you you've got everything clean and you don't have to worry about it. So we walked on those lines. We walked practicing softball, you know, before we started yeah. mowing them. Um, cleaned up a lot of crap on, especially softball. Just kind of how it sits. It ended up having more just debris, sure. um, picking up rocks and sticks and just stuff like that. Yep. And we'll have to do the same thing on field A once we get there. You know, it's a lower priority at this point. And then, and then of course, field B, C, D, E, and F. But, um, you know, we'll get there. Yeah. You know, but, but I'm with you on that as far as we can't just go out there and start mowing. Right. Because we could ruin a mower. 
you know, we'll, we'll probably take the zero turn out on field A even before we walk it just so that we can see a little more, you know, and yeah. you can replace a blade. Like, blades are easy to replace. It's a lot harder to replace a reel. So let's, you know, let's go out there. Let's clean up what we see. Let's mow it, and then let's walk it and kind of see yeah. what else do we see. Of course, I want to pull some soil samples, you know, and my first thought go to went to we need to get some sand in here and start pulling cores and, and that kind of thing. Um, I've got prom on the practice field on April 17th. Wow. So I probably don't need to be pulling cores on the practice field. I probably need to leave that one alone for now because I don't, I don't need a bunch of holes out there with – their girls and their heels beautiful and shoes yeah. and all this stuff. So, you know, we'll start, we'll do some solid time stuff out there for a while, yeah. you know, and we'll probably, until we can pull cores on, especially all, just all three fields that were underwater, let's just solid time them, yeah. open them up, let that soil air out yep. some, and then start reassessing once we get those soil samples back and kind of figuring out where are we now. Yeah. And what will be interesting is comparing the soil samples that we just got back at the start of March mm -hmm. to the new soil samples to see what did we lose, what did we gain. You know, because yeah. in all honesty, there's probably a lot of fertility in that water too. Oh, yeah. So, you yeah. know. What what changed for us? I talked know? to you off. I'll yeah, talk yeah, to you yeah. Offline I'm sure. About some I'm of sure there's some good fertility in that one. Um, Are you downstream from Harvard? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, there's definitely some things in there that you know we'll need to adjust. You know, yeah. we'll need to adjust our, our our fertility plans on those fields. Yeah. Um. Other versus what we had already planned on. Right. You know, but I I think those kinds of things are what get me excited. Those cultural plans of Let's make this better. Yeah. Let's let's go bigger and better now. Those are the things that get me excited. That that first seeing it is devastating to yeah. you, right? Like the first time you walked out on Brentwood Country Club and it's underwater, it's like darn it. Yeah. But then when that clears out of your head, you're like, all right, opportunity. Let's go, let's go do something great. Like let's let's really wow whoever, you know, let's wow the players, let's wow the coaches, whoever it is. Yeah. Let's make them see just how valuable we truly are. You know, there's really no value in you and your crew when everything's perfect. It's really when well, you don't perceptive yeah, value. Right. But you don't they the people don't realize how valuable you are yeah. until something goes wrong and you rebuild it. Right. Well, you don't you know, it's it's I've said this quite often in our industry that we don't get any recognition until something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Recognition or discussion or attention, I should say. If everything is perfect, nobody's talking about John Klinsman or his crew or B.J. Parker and what they're doing. They're just not – they're just, you know – but lo and behold, Shit, let's people have been talking about John Clinsman and his crew all year, son. What are you talking I, about? Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, y'all guys do a great job. But I'm just saying, it's like the it's out of sight, out of mind until something mm -hmm. bad happens. Yeah, we are. You know, and um, it's unfortunate. That's just the way. That's just the way. It, that's just the way it is in this business. And it is. But you know what? I think that's what I enjoy about this business. Yeah, is because you can come into work, and if you're doing your job. Nobody ever knows you were here. Well, that's the best part about it. You know it. what I mean? Yeah. If you're not doing your job, it's it's like our, our crew's motto, nobody knows what we do until we don't do it. Right. You know, they have no clue what we do here until it doesn't get done. Yeah. 
And then they realize real quick what we do. Yeah. So honestly, in my opinion, that's the best part of our industry is you can come in as long as you're doing your job right. Yeah. Nobody ever has an idea you were here. Right. But when things like this happen, I think you prove your worth to the community as a whole. Yeah. And it makes you resilient to many of the days and the, the decisions and thought processes about what go on and on. Did you say regular. resilient or resentful? Because I'm feeling a little bit of both right now. <laughs> well, let's be honest. We're both resilient when it comes to what we do. I mean, you so, have to be. You got to be thick-skinned. You have to kind of accept things and go on. And, the best guys in this industry yeah. have the thickest skin. Yeah. I guarantee it. Because yeah. you just have to be able to roll with the punches. There's times you want to come in the office and punch the wall. Yeah. You know, but you just have to be able to roll with the punches. You have to be able to take the criticism from the higher-ups when things aren't going great. Yeah. And then just keep moving on. You know, I... I had plenty of moments this week where I just wanted to scream and cuss. Sure. Because of the, the, the back and forth of what needs to happen. Yeah. What needs to happen is we need to get it cleaned up and move on. But that can't always happen when the phone is constantly ringing. Where are you at now? What are you doing now? Yeah. What's up now? So you have to be able to just let that stuff roll off your back and keep moving forward. And, and you'll be fine, yeah. you know. And, and then when you get an opportunity to close the door and nobody's around, you can scream and cuss as much as you yeah. want. Well, and I, I will say this. It sounds like this is not the case with you, but this, is, this can be the case with people who are unsure about what, what their role is or how to do things, is when, they, when something like this happens and you create more chaos. Mm -hmm. You run around like you don't have a clue about what to do or where to start. I've worked for somebody and, like that. And, that and, and it, it really is not a, it's not a way I want to live. Like, well, you're going to have a lot of people that you worked for going, I don't care <laughs> if, if they're listening, they know who they are. I, the thing is, is there's no reason to run around chaotic. Yeah. There's no reason to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. You start at point a and you go to point Z and you'll get there yeah. when you get there. You can't rush this. This is not a task you can rush. Yeah. You just have to keep grinding. Well, if you and if and if they're doing that in a chaotic time that was maybe something that not they're doing, they're going to they're going to be even worse in times yeah. of normalcy. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is and you know, you got to find yourself if you find yourself in that situation, you've got to find some way to just pump the brakes and, and you know. Or sort, you're going to burn yourself yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to burn yourself out if you're running around like that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think too many times we can look at situations and circumstances and think, God, man, why in the world? You know, like you said, bang your head on the wall, you know, scream, yell, whatever. But at the end of the day, those those things never work. You know, it's not going to get anything accomplished. You have to You have to find some peace in the chaos that's already been created and do it and go for it. And, and that requires that, like I said, that requires some resiliency. That requires some mental toughness. And, um, you know, it's not everybody has that. I have to, I have to admit the, well, I don't know if admits the right word. The best, the best part of this whole thing this week has been the way facilities and grounds has worked together. We haven't been, Facilities hasn't looked at grounds and said, well, that's your job. It's on right. the fields. They've said, what can we do next? Where are we at now? How can we help? Mm -hmm. And when you have a group that's willing to work with you and help you like that, that's important. Sure. Because at the end of the day, if the water had gotten in the school, 
we'd be in helping cut drywall or, or paint walls, whatever, yeah. whatever needs to be done. Yeah. Um, the question I hate is when, when, when somebody higher up or whatever wants to say, well, well, what do you need? Well, what I truly need you to do is put on a pair of work boots, grab a shovel yeah. and start scooping mud or yeah. just give me a little time. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's why it's always hard to, to have a bunch of questions until you have an ability to assess it because it's kind of like, and I hate, I hate this, but I'm going to say it anyways. You know, some, if you have, let's say your dog dies or anybody in your family is sick or whatever. And somebody says, if you need anything, let me know. Yeah, Everybody that, says that, that, right? Well, what if you turn around and say, well, actually, here's what I do need. Yep. Because they aren't really saying, that's just, no. a, a, that's just some thing to say to yep. sound nice. You know my wife has stayed <laughs> sick. I mean, since, since the day we got married, my wife has been sick, right? I mean, I, we've, we've Well, discussed we've discussed this. it, but yeah, I don't. So people constantly want to come to you when she's down or whatever yeah. and like, just let me know if you need anything. I finally told somebody one day, it was actually the headmaster of our school. Yeah. Let me know if you need anything. What I need you to do is quit asking me about my wife, yeah. truthfully. If you want to ask me how I'm doing, you don't even know my wife. If you want to ask me how I'm doing, ask me how I'm doing. Yeah. But stop asking me about how my wife's doing. Because right now she's laid up in a hospital bed, and I don't know if she's going to make it. This not currently, sure. but at that time. Right. So quit asking me how she's doing and ask me how I'm doing. Yeah. And after a little while, after more talking, yeah. he actually came back to me and was like, you're right. Because it's not about how your wife is doing currently. Right. Really, the person that needs the most help right now is you. Yeah. So my apologies to you. And, and, and a lot of people got that answer from me at a certain time sure. when, when she was really bad off. And um, I've actually had a lot of people really change how they approach me in that situation. And this is the exact same. Don't ask me what I need unless you're really willing to come out here and give me what I need. Yeah. And in, and in reality, I don't know what I need at this point with what's going on. Right. Like there's not a, there's not a cleanup process. Like it's, it's do what you can when you can mm -hmm. and move to the next thing. So like we talked about at the start of this, I've had hundreds of people from the school reach out. How can I help? I don't want to bring those people in because I don't know where to start them. Yeah. So if I'm creating that chaos of bringing all these people in, then it's just going to make the day longer. It might make the cleanup quicker, but it's going to make the day longer, or it could drag the cleanup out yeah. because we didn't do it right. Yeah. I think that's a tricky, that's a, that's a tricky spot. You know, yep. it's, it's kind of like do, by doing the X, I might create more chaos then let me just kind of think my way through this. And you have to sort of provide the, um, some uh, a level of, you know, hey, I'm getting things done. Yep. And by not refusing to, you know, have people just all of a sudden flood you and have to deal with them, you know. Um, that, that to me is, that, that to me takes guts, but it also takes a, a level-headedness. And, and in that, the, all of this requires a lot of thought that some people, people that just say, Hey, what do you need? They, they don't really want to know the answer to that, yep. you know, because it, it, it might be, 
you know, just regurgitate something crazy right now, or it might be, hey, I'll get back to you, but I, you know, if you're serious about helping, let me. Well, I told you we have the baseball dads coming in yeah. the next two days to clean the batting cage. They had, um, they were actually here and helping get stuff out of the the barns that are connected to the dugouts, and they asked me on like Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah. can we start coming in to clean the batting cage? And I said, no, not today. But if you'll come back on Friday and Saturday when there's limited people here, yeah. that would be great. So that's what they planned on doing. Yeah. You know, they want to help out. I gave them a time frame of when would work for me because I don't have to babysit you and help you when I've got 75 other things going on. Sure. Not that they need babysat, but you know what I mean. Yeah, You've got to run sure. on things and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's just it's, – it's setting up things the best you can, yeah. the best way you can – um, not refusing help, but also at the same time making people feel appreciated for offering the help, mm -hmm. but not taking that whole, that's just a hundred more people you got to manage. Yeah. And in something like this, when you're being pulled away, can you imagine how many more times you'd be pulled away if you brought all these volunteers in to clean it right. up? I wouldn't get anything done. Well, you know, back, you know, when it was worse back in 2010 and, and you had, you had churches, organizing volunteers yeah, yeah that was a that was a widespread disaster that yeah. you know people needed trees cut off their house yeah. you know i mean just stuff that you can say hey bring chainsaws bring you know trucks skid steers and let's just go yeah. and and that's a different scenario when you're when you're really dealing with something that uh like you're having to deal with here that's yeah, yeah, I could, I could do that, some of that stuff, but I got to really think my way through it. Yep. You know, that's that's the part that's a little different. And I think there's areas where people are having to go, you know, clean debris and all that stuff, and that's fine. You know, yep. I think those people are you, you jump in and go where you need to, and that's part of volunteering. But usually, when you have some, you know, volunteering, somebody is spearheading that. Somebody is saying, okay, yeah. here's the things we need. Now let's go do that. You know, whether it's taking people water. Um, you know, food, whatever the case might be. So we did finally, you know, a lot of students offering the help. We did finally figure out how best they could help. Sure. One, I didn't want students in here cleaning up the stormwater debris when you don't know what's in it. You know, so when you're picking up all these, all this crap, you don't want them breathing that stuff. So it really took some time to figure out where best can I utilize these students or yeah. these people to come in and help. And, you know, what I came up with were the nets that, that go around the turf field. We're going to take those down. They're going to pressure wash those for us. We're going to take the nets back to the back parking lot. They're going to clean those, the goals, you know, they're going to clean those goals, the nets, all that type of stuff. Sure. The stuff that me and my guys don't have time for while we get the big stuff, we need you guys to do this stuff because for us, that's the little stuff. But it's still got to be done right. to get back to business as normal. So yeah. that's kind of what I came up with. Um, Andrew, our facilities manager, agreed. He's like, that's a great idea. Let's let's go with that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we're going to end up giving them something they can do to help us. Mm. It'll make them feel good about themselves, but it also won't put them in our way when we're trying to do the stuff that we have to get done. Yeah. So, Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're rocking through it. I mean, it's been a week now and, you know, Every day is a new day, and you know, hey, you'll get it done. Oh there's, yeah, there's no you doubt. Know, we've uh, we've exhausted the uh, the uh, conversation about it, and I'm sure that it's good to get some of that off of your mind and chest. And I mean, I'm still dealing with it, and we're, we'll probably deal with it for a while. The course is going to be closed till Monday, 
uh, but it's just disruption to, you know, like I said, infrastructure stuff. Yeah. It's, it's not really that they can't bang balls or whatever. So, you know, I was glad to look out today and see see people playing on the tennis courts. Yeah, you know that that shows that God, we made dude, a lot it's cold of progress. Oh yeah, I'm not going out there to play. Jesus, it was what? What do you have here? It was 28 where I got, uh, when I left the house. 32 when you got here. That's another thing I was going to tell you that kind of came out across my mind. Is like we're dealing with Bermuda, but we're you know we last two nights we've been at freezing or below. Yeah, you're not going to go anywhere. No. I mean, you can't just rush it. No. I mean, so that's why I'm saying it's you know it's probably going to be knocked back a little bit. Yep. You know, and you're, we're going to see a hit. Yeah, I mean, we already saw a hit on some of the gr- uh, golf greens at Champions Run. I mean, they. They went off color again. I'm hoping it'll slow the ride down a little bit. It's yeah. been growing like fire when with these 70 degree temps. Well, you so got a lot of water out there. Slow though. it down a little. It's bit. gonna. It might slow it down for a minute, but it, it ain't gonna be for too long. Plus some added fertility. Yeah. A little thunderstorm and lightning and some extra water. So now it looks like 10 days no rain, and we're supposed to be in the 70s next week. Yeah. So next week when we record, we'll probably be discussing how beautiful the week was. Oh. <laughs> we we gotta have one episode where we don't talk about the weather. Weather at all? Yeah. But with what we do, we're it's it's part it's of the it. main thing. Yeah. It's it's the main thing. That's right. I mean, especially around here. Like yeah. like, uh, it is it is comical how silly the weather can be in Tennessee. It is. really is. And I know storms in Birmingham or Alabama with tornado damage, and you know they deal with it. You know, it's just yeah. people deal with stuff all over the place. And but, everybody has a different. Yeah. You know, I saw a lot of people were under snow this week. You know, so everybody has a watch the baseball game that was snowing. The Tigers. I don't remember where it was. I was like, Jesus. I'm just proud of you for watching a baseball. I, game. I saw the highlights. Opening man. day was yesterday. Don't 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 get it twisted. I saw the highlights. So before all this happened, we uh, we had our first baseball game in yeah. two years. Well, the last home game was 2019. You know, because 2020 was canceled for COVID. And let me tell you how hard it is to get back in the grind of setting that baseball field up. I've worked minor league baseball, many games minor league baseball. I've done all the high school baseball games, you know, since I've been here. And remembering all those little things we needed to do, I I was lost for a minute. I was like, okay, I got to take a step back. Here's my checklist. A, B, C, let's go. Yeah. And it – but we hadn't touched it in so long or, you know, prepared for a game in so long. We had Major League Baseball scouts coming. Like, I wanted this place perfect. <laughs> so I was doing everything I could to get it perfect. Yeah. And it was just we hadn't done it in so long that I was lost for a minute. Well, it's probably good to get back on that bike and ride it, it again and, and get things going. And then we fell right back off this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the baseball guy, so I'm that's, sure it was. That's what I love. Man. Yeah. That's where my heart is on that baseball field. Not me, man. I, I love to play it. I love to watch. I mean, and I'm, I semi keep up with what's going on in Major League Baseball and college. I love, I I'll love be watching college. Random questions all year. I might surprise you. All right. What? So what? Um, what about our March Madness? What do you think about that? Right now, you're leading the pack. Am I still? You are. I don't yeah. think that's gonna. I hope play it stays because then I don't. Well, have I've to got Baylor. That, I don't have to pay out that gift card if it stays. No, way. we're just gonna pay whoever's second. <laughs> Well, I think the second was your son, wasn't it? Well, he deserves it. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. But, uh, yeah. Um, I got Gonzaga winning it all, but I think they're the only team I have left. So, I can't – I won't win it. Well, I only got one of three uh, Final Four. No, I had Gonzaga. That's right. I had I had Bama beating Gonzaga. Yeah. Your Bama boys fell Well, off. I wasn't – I mean, you, Kylie, that was such a – 
wasted tournament to lose that game. Man, that I think it just showed us how when these teams don't play anybody yeah. all year long, we have no clue how to gauge them. Because there were teams just beating the brakes off of people that shouldn't have been beating the brakes off of people. And um, but it's been fun. Like yeah. that's that's what I like about March Madness. I do. I told you that in the, fir- the first yeah. episode we discussed it was what I love is to see the team that shouldn't be winning it win. Yeah, I I, I think it's what's great about basketball in college is is that the the parity the the not knowing who mm-hmm. I mean obviously Gonzaga has been the best team all year yeah. and they're there for a reason. Baylor's probably been arguably one of the second or third best teams. I don't know nothing about Houston. Didn't even keep up with them <laughs> or UCLA, and they just kind of got hot at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, it's what makes it so fun. And in a one-game scenario, anybody can beat anybody. Right. And uh, I just know. hope one of my guys, one of my employees don't win. I don't want to hand them a prize. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I, uh, the last thing – oh, well, the biggest separation between college football and college basketball is – because of the way the system is set up for giving a national champion, there's about only about four or five uh, football teams in college that really and truly can win right. every year. In college basketball, it's not that way. Yeah, it take you. You can guys can go to other schools. Uh, there's a, a whole separate separate process for how they win. the The tournament is a great equalizer. Yeah, a lot of times the, the best talent wins or the, the team that, you know, but if they have an off night, they're going to lose. And, you know, so I think that's what's kind of uh, – if college football goes to a 16-game tournament, let's just say, because I don't know how much more they could do than that, but that'll be interesting to see if it opens up any parity, that the Clemsons and Bamas, Ohio States, you know, the big wigs – if they have a bad day, do they do they lose? Or in some team like um, Tennessee? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> couldn't make it through one. Uh oh, my headphones just cut out. That's all right. But That's all right. well, you so know, while you're changing batteries, batteries. headphone, I was going to talk about we got our. Um, I can still hear you. We got our Ryland Strong shirts in from Tiger Turf Talk. Um, if you guys don't mind, we uh, we posted about it on the social media page, but Drew Miller. Um, has a student at, I can't tell you, I'm disappointed, I can't tell you what school it is. It's a, it's a high school, and he has a, he has a turf program at the school, and they have a student that is, uh, is battling cancer, and uh, they're doing What batteries? A, oh, okay. They're doing a, um, like a fundraiser, basically, and they're selling Ryland Strong T-shirts. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind checking it out, um, if you can, if you feel inclined to make a donation uh we we sure would appreciate you guys supporting supporting that uh we we got our shirts in this week and we'll be posting a selfie or something with them on here shortly um but if you guys would wouldn't mind getting out there and and supporting that even if you just retweet it i you know i mean retweets go a long way sure and so you know it'd be great if we could help help them raise whatever their goal is. I don't know what their goal is, but help them raise whatever their goal is. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. And, and along those lines, um, we're, uh, going to contribute to Darren and the Tennessee golf association for some, um, uh, art, art supplies sports. and yeah. things, the St. Jude. I think that's in culmination with the world golf championship. I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, what, when Darren's going to actually 
donate that. I, I, I think the world of Darren, he's been on my other podcast, making the turn. We've conversated a couple of different times. Uh, I think it's he's you know, he, I've supported him in some other things that he likes to do. Uh, and I think that's good for us to do that. And so we'll link both of those yeah. to our, um, when this comes out, we'll have it linked in the description or whatever, however yeah. you want to handle it. Um, I think my wife is getting getting all that stuff for yeah. them for the art supplies together. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, just check out both those things. I think, let's make a difference in this world. That's that's the real. You know, I heard something this week says. Um, you know, we can't change. We can't help everybody, but we can all help someone. Yeah. And that is pretty impactful. You know, and that's that's really what we're here to do in a lot of ways is just help people, whether it's give them some expertise, give them some time, uh, pray for them, whatever the case might be, donate, volunteer, whatever it is, whatever they need. Go so, help somebody yeah, this go, week. Go help someone. So my gym, um, one of the mottos that it's always up there, it says do something today that your future self will thank you for. Absolutely. I think that's pretty cool to, you know, always have some kind of thought like that in mind. So, Absolutely. I like it. We should end on that. I, I agree. So, man, I'm glad that uh, we're back. I'm glad that uh, we got to do this. Best of luck to getting all the repairs and everything done. I'm yeah, certainly we'll going to be. man. Oh, yeah. No I mean, doubt in my mind. Just like I said, it's just water under the bridge. It is. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> well, until next time, everybody, appreciate you listening. Be sure to rate, share, subscribe. Go uh, bring a friend. Let someone know about it. Uh, this was a lot of conversation about uh, dealing with difficulties and challenges in, uh, in our industry, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you got something out of it, share it with someone. I'm B.J. Parker. I'm John Klinsman. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Keep it real. Keep it real.